ready to get started. Mm-hmm. Assuming we've been angel for which. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so pathetic. Hey, listeners, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble, the podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your host, Jen, and today Laura and I will be talking about Ryan O'Connell's very inclusive, very funny and sweet creation special, season two. Hi, Laura. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so thanks for joining me today for this discussion. I'm very excited. I love this show and I loved season two. So uh, what did you think of the second season of special? It was nice to see some character growth. Um, it's weird to say that when the main character and the per- is, is, well, the actor who's playing the main character is playing himself. I wonder if this was like how accurate this was to his whole becoming an adult metaphorically mm-hmm. <laughs> experience. I don't know. But it was great to see uh, some development for all the characters, really. I agree. And I loved, like, some of my favorite uh, arcs this season were uh, Kim and Karen's. Um, I love that we got more of them. And we Mm -hmm. met, like, uh, Kim's family. And the liberation of Karen. (laughs) And some other new characters. We got uh, Tanner and Henry and Harrison and Robbie and oh yeah, and then we still have Olivia being Olivia. Yeah, I like the amount of Olivia that we got this season. It was like just the perfect amount. It was sprinkles. <laughs> it was sprinkles, and that's that that works for her. <laughs> bitter sprinkles. What do you think bitter sprinkles would be made out of? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about Ryan real quick. You know, main character and everything. So he's so season two takes place just a couple of months uh, after season one. Oh yeah, spoilers for season two. And so Ryan and his mom still aren't speaking. Uh, Kim's trying to deal with like her enormous credit card debt and still working at Eggwoke. So yeah, with Ryan's journey. And I like that, like they, that, that term is used quite a bit in this season. Like Ryan says, cooking is not part of his journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to phrase it ever. Like, oh, that's, that's not part of my journey. I just walk away. <laughs> I, know, I loved that. Um, but we see Ryan kind of date, go out on some dates, meet some folks. He meets Tanner. Tanner is adorable. I love him so much. Uh, what did you think about Ryan and Tanner's relationship? Initially, I liked it. I know that's controversial because, you know, Tanner disclosed pretty much up front that he had a boyfriend. So it's one of those open relationship type things. But, you know, I know some people who are successfully in those or rather better term polyamorous relationships and it works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that it's feasible for some people. But, uh, you know, I could see that being something that is traditionally taboo and like, oh, this isn't going to end well kind of thing. But, you know, like that was disclosed and they were okay with it. And I see, I don't know, maybe Ryan was okay with it at the time because of his general lack of self-esteem that, you know, initially caused him to just go along with it. 
But then you kind of forgot about that because they spent so much time together and they were just so cute with each other. And, you know, like Tanner seemed really open to learning more about Ryan's disability. And he, Tanner also felt comfortable enough to disclose things like the way his parents handled him coming out and, you know, um, essentially being disowned. So you see them both being really vulnerable with each other and it was just sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it almost seemed mature, I guess. I, uh, I agree. I thought they were, yeah, I thought they were very good for each other. And initially, yeah, I was, even though, you know, Tanner was in that open relationship and Ryan thought he could handle it. I also loved how Kim was still protective over him and kind of letting him know that he needs to make sure he sets up boundaries. And she's absolutely, she was absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we kind of saw that a little bit when Ryan realized, like when he met Richard and, or even before that, he was just kind of like, I don't know if I can do this. Kind of acknowledging that this was going to be harder for him than he, he initially thought, you know, he got caught up in that whirlwind weekend romance or whatever that he and Tanner had on that initial first night meeting and everything. And it was so cute. And it just kind of, I'm just like, oh, young relationships, early, really the early stages of a relationship. New relationship energy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but whenever, whenever they were together, they were adorable together. But then, you know, uh, Tanner's life with Richard started to impact on that and the realities of it set in. Mm -hmm. And so, so they broke it off. And, but then Tanner came back and he, he had broken up with Richard because he wanted to really try and make things work with Ryan which I thought was a hell of a move on his part. He leaves yeah. this like really this long-term relationship, really the only person he's ever like dated, been with in a relation relationship wise. And I thought that was awesome. Like way to take a fucking chance and take that, take that leap. And I was sad that it didn't work out <laughs> and things seemed to fall apart at, um, at the prom, at the crypt prom. <laughs> I think, I think the seeds were planted before that. You think so? Yeah, like when Ryan wanted to talk to him when he was with Richard and couldn't. Um, yeah. You know when uh, Ryan wanted to break up with him and Tanner kind of begged him not to. Mm -hmm. Like there, I don't know. There were like warning signs there but in the moment those seemed like really cute just people realizing their feelings for each other type things mm -hmm. um but in hindsight i think they were the early markers that there were going to be some problems yeah but yeah um crypt prom is where things really took a nosedive and i love that that group called themselves the crypts because I know I've told you this before, but I did not know why the gang, the Crips, were called the Crips. Like, I didn't naively think that they were a bunch of cripples, even though that would be awesome. And there's a whole South Park episode based on that. But I didn't know what it stood for. Um, so the fact that a disabled group called themselves the Crips, I'm like, yes, this is what it should be. I don't understand the best. <laughs> 
what yeah. well, they were a really awesome collection of, of people you know different types of disabilities different genders different sexualities uh you know different races everything was just there and everyone was just so cool with each other I loved it that's like disabled utopia right there <laughs> I liked, um, yeah, I loved that group. And when uh, Ryan first met Henry and Henry is like, oh, you should come meet my, come to my disabled group. You know, we call ourselves the Crips. I busted out laughing and I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk about this <laughs> with Laura. <laughs> I was like, yes, I loved it. And, but yeah, I, I felt so bad for Tanner at the prom. Yeah. Because he, like yeah he totally misspoke with uh the one with the one girl oh we have another dance you know we have a dancer in a wheelchair she's such an inspiration oh do you know her like oh dude i felt like because then ryan kind of you know ryan calls him out on it later and he's like well it's like when straight people assume that all gay people know each other that was a good metaphor to use and i thought he did really well with that mm -hmm. but as far as what tanner said it, I think it's almost worse when he asked if she knew her. Yes. Like, oh, that was worse than the whole, it's, it's so inspiring. And I hate the whole, it's so inspiring thing. Mm -hmm. I've gotten that plenty of times. And the, I feel at war with myself when I hear that, because on the one hand, I know that they meant well by it. But at the same time, I'm absolutely chafing against it because I'm not meant to inspire you because I'm alive. Like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> but I've never gotten oh do you know her thing before do you know them I'm like oh oh my god that'd be horrible like yes because I'm disabled I know everyone like yeah wow so Tanner put both feet in his mouth but I thought like you said I thought Ryan used a really great metaphor when comparing it to every straight person asking if gay people know each other because I'm sure they get that a lot but then Ryan was an asshole. Yeah, I was I was very mad at Ryan for a few episodes. I was not happy with him. He was, that was like, his an asshole. First, yeah, that was his first real asshole moment in that relationship to me because Tanner was like, how can I make this right? And Ryan's response is, just try harder? Mm -hmm. Like, that was not cool. No. no. This is a brand new environment for your boyfriend and he's gone and thrown himself in and anyway seriously throw him a bone you know metaphorically <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know I just I I was really mad at Ryan in that moment mm -hmm. like I get I totally get that it is frustrating to have to explain and teach when you're just especially when you're just trying to be out and having fun but if you if you love this person and you want them to be a part of your life, then you're going to have to help them fit into it, just like it would be in any other context. It's just, I'm just like, damn, Ryan, you didn't grow up. <laughs> also, you need to evaluate your feelings for this person because, wow, that's harsh. Yeah. And then, but then Tanner goes and plays, I don't know, an, an equally manipulative card, like, like not, not asshole in the way that Ryan was and being so blunt and unhelpful, but it was manipulative. So they're both being assholes here. Where he's just like, well, I'll just go get a drink by myself. And then does the slow pouty walk off. 
And I'm just like, oh, I can't stand this. <laughs> yeah, that was hard. I didn't, I didn't like that. That was kind of a little hard to watch because like you said, yeah, that was a bit manipulative on his, you know, on Tanner's part. And then, you know, Ryan's like, no, we'll, I'll join you. We'll go together. And then that sad turnaround and wave to the Crips as Ryan's leaving with Tanner. And I'm like, well, he clearly wants to say, I was like, there's gotta be a middle ground here, fellas. Right? Like, yeah. well, how about we stay for like another hour and then we'll go, you know? Yeah. And then Ryan just left him to go hang out while they were all smoking weed earlier in the yes. party and didn't say anything. I'm like, oh, you suck. Yeah. And, and Tanner left literally holding all the cups. Like he went to go get drinks for everyone and then just kind of stand in there. Oh my God. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. No, it was such a roller coaster of emotions because I thought he was being sweet and I felt bad for him and Ryan was being a dick. And then Tanner went and, you know, like, well, I want up you in dickishness. Okay. And, uh, this this is not good. This is not good at all. Mm-mm. And I'm like, well, this is about right for prom. Yeah. <laughs> and then the moment where they were awarding prom queen and there was no <gasps> way. Oh my God, that's oh. right. The able-bodied, the one able-bodied person in their, in their group had one fucking job. Yeah. Okay. And then there's a couple of aspects that I haven't experienced as a disabled person. And I'm just like, huh. So that's one of them. Um, having a, a token able-bodied person who really just wants to be part of what you got going on. I'm like, wow, that would be such a weird experience. I, I don't know how I would handle that, but I wish they would have touched on that more. Yeah. A bit and then more. the other one was when Ryan and Tanner split up the first time when and Tanner was still with Richard. Ryan went out with another guy he had met previously. This is the one person's name I cannot remember, by the way. Mark so, Miller. Mark with a Mark. C. Okay, first of all, I'm like, wow, this guy's hot. <laughs> and oh, he's then, so hot. I'm like, Ryan really pulls in the hotties, doesn't he? Right? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it seemed like they were having really good conversation. And then when he asked Ryan more about himself and Ryan discloses that he used to have leg braces when he was younger, I, I couldn't read Mark's reaction at dinner or drinks or whatever you want to call it, what they were having. He's like, oh, you wore leg braces. And, you know, it just felt really awkward. Like, and I was initially reading that in the way that I've experienced it, where it's like, okay, distancing myself from this now, you're too disabled for me kind of thing. So I was doubly shocked when it turned out, no, his reaction was because he's like, oh man, I'm super turned on by that and I need to behave myself because we're in public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because upon when I rewatched the second season and watching that scene, kind of knowing Mark's motivations now, he, it, I think it's really subtle, but his eyes do kind of light up a little bit. And, and yeah, maybe on the first watch, it was just kind of interpreted as, oh, going to distance, like, oh, leg braces. Uh, okay. You know? Yeah. But no, then we find out it's totally like, ooh, leg braces. And I felt so fucking bad for Ryan uh, 
because so Mark just he has a disability fetish. He's super into disabled guys, he says. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with having a fetish, right? But no. find a willing participant. Yeah. Maybe. You should have you should have had an honest conversation about that before, before. The, this happened. Yeah. But also that is something that I've never experienced. Like I've I've never had anyone disclose attraction or interest um, because of my disability specifically, and you know when people told me those fetishes exist, I'm like, okay, sure, by rule of statistics, fine, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never experienced that, and honestly, if I had, I'd want to hang out with them more because I'd want to try and like dig into it and understand how they can see it this way and you know maybe maybe get a healthy portion of that for myself like maybe I could see myself through a different lens and and feel better about my circumstances you know um but that would be my first response like really why no like really why tell me all this like like get out the whole uh, psychologist's office and put them on the couch. Like, start taking notebook and, and how does that make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> like I don't understand in such an able-minded society where like disabled people are conditioned to have internalized ableism that there's there's that other end of the spectrum. I've never experienced it. Uh, it's just it is beyond my comprehension. So I was like no way like if i ever meet this guy who plays himself i want to ask him did that really happen to you what was it like oh my god <laughs> like, well, i didn't think that was real it you know as a, as an asian woman you know the whole fetish fetishizing Mm, hard that's a hard say. word to say i think it's harder than worcestershire sauce but mainly because i can say worcestershire i can say worcestershire sauce did i just say that right i don't know because sure. halfway through i felt like i was just going sure 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 uh say it with confidence worcestershire sauce nope yeah see, there you go oh okay <laughs> yay fetishization nope <laughs> actually that was pretty good that was close okay yay oh the unearned confidence of a white man that's how you gotta say it um oh yeah <laughs> i guess that's the closest we can get to their experience i guess <laughs> hard for the cultural appropriation though <laughs> yep. uh but man i i really really felt for ryan in that scene and in that moment as soon as he realized like oh this guy's not into me as a person but just this one kind of aspect of me. And it's an odd feeling, you know, it's, you're just kind of reduced to just that, you know, whatever the person might be feti fetishizing. <laughs> Into. <laughs> um, and then, you know, obviously seeing how uncomfortable he was during the sex and then Mark being like, no, look, I'm, I'm here, look at me. And just that whole uncomfortableness and then Ryan in the bath trying to scrub it all away. Oh, it was so sad. That broke my heart a little bit. Yeah, I think that was probably maybe the hardest part to watch 
mm-hmm. out of this season. Um, and I'm glad that when he did go and meet up with the Crips, that he was he was able to share that like yeah. right away. And I thought I, that was amazing. I think that just shows how comfortable he was with this group of people. He's finally um, like, as he had said, like spending time with his disabled brethren and clearly seeing that this is now kind of where he wants to be a bit, that comfort level and everything, that acceptance and just kind of feeling like everyone else. Yeah. Um, you know, so, now that you mention it, I think there's like a central theme to this, this season for all the characters and it's like self-acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we see that, uh, like with Karen, um, Ryan's mom mm-hmm. and I liked her arc it was now did you rewatch the first season I did I rewatched the first season then watched the second season I didn't get in a, a rewatch of the of, of the first season but did the mom like the grandma change Karen's mom she, she did she's recast okay because this one seemed way meaner <laughs> oh no um or am I just not remembering? In the first season, she had really mean, snappy moments, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a different actress, so. So it just feels, okay. Yeah, it feels different. Yeah, I, I thought she had been recast, and then I thought that, anyways. Um, but yeah. She so, recast the die. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's <shit>. funny. <laughs> God, I hope, the, I hope the original actress didn't die. <laughs> that's why they had to recast her oh oh that yeah that would be Oops. sad <laughs> anyways <laughs> <laughs> um but so yeah karen so the grandma dies mom dies and karen's just kind of in this daze because she didn't have that close mothery relationship with her and she felt free which i i thought was really great for her because we kind of see her now like a lot of weight has been lifted and you saw that in the character yeah you know it was good for her I think it took her a while to like come to terms with it and accept it Uh, but you're right and I really felt for her the first season because she's clearly burdened on all fronts like her work is nursing Mm -hmm. so she's caring for people all day long she's caring for her mom who has nobody else and refuses to go into a nursing home, who has dementia, among other problems, it would seem, um, that come along with aging. She's caring for her son, uh, who's disabled. And honestly, she did make this worse on herself. She was one of those helicopter moms that wouldn't let him do too much because it was hard for him and it scared her as much as it scared him. And you see some of that come back to bite the both of them this season, which is nice because, you know, it doesn't gloss over the fact that parents do this to their children mm-hmm. and it is more common for it to happen when your child is disabled um but you know back to the last episode of the first season where they had the huge fight mm-hmm. and she pretty much told ryan he was a burden mm-hmm. and he ruined her life i mean we know that there's more than just that going on ruining her life but I felt so conflicted in that moment because I'm a parent to a disabled kid, but I'm disabled myself. And I I can empathize with Karen's circumstances because I cared for my in-laws who were declining in health because of dementia. And 
I'm just like, oh, I totally get what she's saying, but at the same time, low blow. Yeah, yeah, way harsh. Definitely words out of anger. Yeah, especially since she is very much directly responsible for how dependent Ryan is. Mm -hmm. His CP is not that bad. It could be so much worse. He could have been more independent by then. Yeah, because they even say throughout the season that his CP was mild. And when he was a child, they just weren't sure how it would kind of manifest yet. But yeah, he would have been totally. And we, and I love the little flashbacks to mm-hmm. little Ryan. And little that kid Ryan. Is, oh my God, that kid is so fucking cute. Yeah. <laughs> and, but we did see um, that helicoptering with Karen and trying to trying to get him to use the walker but at the same time not letting like her mom use the toy as motivation you know what I mean like there was that one scene where she was just Karen was just like thanks a lot mom blah 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 I'm like you gotta you gotta take those steps and it's like you might not have had the best relationship with your mom and you might not have liked how she was handling it but she was you know that moment of trying to get motivate Ryan to walk but yeah. She was trying, and in a way, that was her little way of trying to help you as well. I appreciated her trying, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. because I experienced this kind of um, dichotomy when I was a little kid, toddler, little kid, whatever. I also had trouble learning to walk, despite the mildness of the relative mildness of my CP. I also had to have leg braces similar to Ryan's um, that I had to wear at least at night anyway, because of how contracted my calves were and how much tension it put on my Achilles tendons. Um, I ended up having surgery to try and lengthen things and it kind of worked, kind of didn't. But uh, I think I would have been in the same situation where you know, I'm five years old and my mom's acting, asking the doctor, when am I going to walk? And the doctor will be like, I don't know. Um, because my dad wanted, you know, a girly girl he could baby and spoil and everything. And that for me included just carrying me around because, you know, it's easier. It's, it's cute. I get to carry my baby girl around kind of thing. You know, uh, and I think my mom was a little indulgent at first, but then she, you know, I got to about three years old and she's like, that's it. You want to walk? You're going to learn to walk. She put me up against the wall and she's like, we're figuring this out. We're not leaving until we do. And I figured it out eventually. Like it was super awkward and slow and, you know, still couldn't keep up with my twin brother or anything. But if she hadn't done that, I don't know how long it would have taken me. I didn't know any of that about you. Yeah. Uh, my uh, learning my physical abilities growing up was not a, a fun experience. Yeah. But my competitiveness with my twin brother was an amazing motivator. <laughs> I didn't have that. So you know what? Maybe toys would have been a good thing yeah. to use. I don't know. But yeah, so we see we see Karen. And, and then Karen and Ryan, you know, after the mom dies, kind of come together and she it's it's in a way she kind of acknowledges that she did too much 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, with Ryan kind of calling her out and being like, you won't let me do this. You won't let me help with that. Yeah. Yeah. With when he broke the glass, when he dropped the glass and she's just like, I'll just do it. It's just easier. It's like, that's, and she was still kind of in her days of dealing mm-hmm. with her mom's death or whatever, but she was really snappy about it. And I didn't, I was very upset. I was very mad at her in that moment, but oh, I was too. I'm like, it's only easier because you chose this. Yep. But I loved by the end of like the funeral reception when she completely loses it and she yells at everyone. <laughs> yeah. I loved that moment because man, poor her wearing that fucking dress. I would not have worn oh. that fucking dress. First of all, I was impressed that she still fit into something right? that. that she um had when she first had Ryan like that's that's over 30 years old holy shit yeah (laughs) but then I saw it and I'm like oh never mind (laughs) yeah that was not a a good and I liked when Ryan opened the door and saw her in it and she's just like not a word and he just kind of slowly backs up shuts the door (laughs) because at that point it's like oh he's got nothing else to say (laughs) just distracted by the dress but when they kind of come together at the end of that uh, episode and she now realizes all the food that Ryan had got for the reception, funeral reception, um, were all her favorite foods. Because at first she was mad. She's like, well, these aren't sandwiches. This isn't what she wanted, blah, 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 blah. It's like, girl, there are fucking meatballs and a cake and some taco salad shit. Shut up. (laughs) You need the food. So I... And that was just like a really, that was such a sweet, sweet moment. I think on Ryan's part too, of yeah. taking care of his mom at this point and helping her with kind of dealing or not dealing with all of that, uh, the, the death of her mom and stuff. So, yeah. and then seeing that uh, intercut with the flashback of Ryan walking, like using the walker and everything and that moment. So it's, I loved kind of that balance of like, we, we see these struggles, we see how hard it is, right? But then also how beautiful and lovely and like Karen said, joyful. It's like, yeah, Ryan, Ryan did make things more challenging for her, but also more joyful. And I think that is a very important thing for any parent to kind of remember, right? right. Parenting on all levels, on any level is hard. And then you throw in all these other variables, disabilities and and whatnot and adds layers of challenges but there's always going to be those shiny soft happy loving moments of just pure joy and we saw that and I love that they showed that yeah me too especially because it kind of was the show's way of of changing the definition of their relationship like she started to see him differently and he started to let her go more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that was nice to see because codependency is not something I support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I did like that. Uh, Kim was like, "You guys are like Norman Bates, close, just hasn't been murdered yet." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, people noticed. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, Kim's Kim's an excellent demonstration too that. Um, you don't have to be a gay disabled person to have a ton of issues. Yeah. yeah. I uh, love Kim so much. Oh, she's great. She really is. 
you know, like, I think, like you said, I, I, I agree that I think this season is all about like self-acceptance and we see her eventually kind of come to accept the fact that she's horribly in debt. You know, she, she had these walls up when she was kind of dating Harrison, the uh, hunky rich guy with the pretty dick. Apparently I was very sad that they stopped panning back. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, if it's that pretty show us. Right. (laughs) So I felt that was so Kim and Harris Harrison's kind of relationship was kind of fun to see, but also very kind of sad and heartbreaking because you see these insecurities in Kim, right? Where she's like, she's she's keeping him at a distance because she's protecting herself. She's got her her boundaries and maybe she's got a bit too much. So it, it broke my heart that she wasn't able to trust Harrison and be in, and have those two be together because- yeah, I felt so way. happy because you know I really thought immediately when that happened when she was like, "No, I can't." Like, oh my God, what does the alternate universe look like where she she gets past this? Do they stay together? Mm-hmm. How cute are they? Like, what's her life gonna be like? Mm-hmm. You know, all these things. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then she that meets but then you know it's uh Diwali I think I'm pronouncing that right based on how they pronounce it and the old childhood buddy Ravi Ravioli Ravi 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 Ravi. so she called him Ravioli once yeah so oh that's his name now (laughs) yeah they so they apparently have their Diwali tradition (laughs) of hooking up every year and I love that they like ended up together. Like they're, she was able to be herself, all guards down because this is a childhood friend, someone they've known. You know, she's like, I saw you poop your pants. Someone she's comfortable and close with and can trust, and someone who cares about her. He clearly cares. Like she's all stress eating. He's like, I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna go get some of this really good cheese. I'm gonna bring some back. And I'm just like, oh, that's so sweet. Yep. Yeah, you got to get you a man or a partner that'll bring you cheese when you're sad. Yep. Always comes back to cheese. Always comes back to cheese, Jesus. <laughs> cheese ravioli. <gasps> anyway. Yes. Toasted raviolis. I need to have those now. Oh. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> sorry, now I'm distracted because I'm thinking about like fried raviolis. Yeah. Oh, those in the air fryer. Okay, I'm getting one of those tomorrow. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> It'll change your life, I swear to God. Um, <laughs> all right, let's see. Um, oh, we got Ryan's butt this season. We got lots of butt this season. I mean, we got yeah. a lot of butt, and I love that with this show being centered around Ryan, a gay man, that we get more male nudity, gay sex. Yeah, speaking of that, I have, I feel like this is the most truly accurate portrayal of sexual relationships I have seen without, you know, getting too dirty for family time TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But there was the awkwardness. 
there was the bad chemistry, there was good chemistry, there was, uh, you know, uh, Ryan's inexperience. Um, there was the grossness. Yes. <laughs> and I was wondering, I was wondering, I was wondering if that was going to come up in the show. Like, I didn't know if that was something that um, was okay from a, a TV producer's perspective to have it. Cause I mean, what other show? Um, also just like from the gay culture side of things, like, is that something that they sweep under a rug and don't talk about? Kind of thing like it's just kind of like it's accept like it it just it's a part of it right right so i would love to get that perspective from from someone um like how much of a cool thing was 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 it to have this aspect of gay sex portrayed on tv mm -hmm. i like, thought it was awesome because it, it normalized something that you know and i feel like this is kind of akin to the whole disabled and the general uh gay vibes too it's still something people are uncomfortable to talk about and most shows will shy away from things that make people uncomfortable because no we want people to feel good when they're watching tv unless it's designed to make them feel sad but not not grossed out no not unless it's a show specifically for that like dr pimple popper or something <laughs> oh stay out of my youtube watch history <laughs> but uh, so I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. And then, you know, considering there was the whole like news story that came out about the third season of the Harvey Quinn cartoon uh, and Bat, like DC being against Batman going down on Catwoman. By the way, if you haven't watched that cartoon, do it. Oh my God, it's great. But, uh, you know, I'm like, so here's two very different ends of the spectrum. Like, we're too uncomfortable to show this but you know special it's just like you know what this is part of our lives here it is this is this is how we deal with it sometimes we deal with it maturely sometimes we don't yeah exactly oh god that whole dc batman catwoman thing is cracks me up but yeah oh. it's just kind of like a head shake like really that's that okay <laughs> i mean if you're gonna put it in Batman the animated series, I'd be like, um, not the right vehicle for this. Right. But the Harley Quinn cartoon, I'm like, have you not watched the last two seasons? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the perfect cartoon to have this in. Why are we having this discussion? Prudes. Right? Bunch of prudes. Like, okay, in other aspects of Batman and the animated universe. We see Batman hooking up with Batgirl, and that's okay, despite all of the weirdness that that involves. Yep. We can't have this? No. Nope. nope. God forbid we get anything we can enjoy. To even, right? Like, see that represented, even in an animated anything, whatever. I'm sure they would have put it tastefully. <laughs> tastefully. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh god all right well there are some really great lines in this season a couple of them i jotted down i think it's in the first episode olivia tells ryan that they are the hot new marginalized group <laughs> i wish that were true 
was like, new? <laughs> Newly marginalized? Okay. Olivia, you silly goose. And then I liked Tanner's rule about always leave people better than you met them. Yeah, it's just that was a, good, a great rule. Good rule in general. Uh, let's see. Oh, and then like when Kim is having dinner with Karen and Karen made like the stuffed shells or whatever, she's like, Kim says, I love it when carbs act as a vehicle for dairy. Like, yes, me too. Me too. Cheese fries. Cheese fries. And then the overuse of Mr. <laughs> when, when Ryan's texting Mark. <laughs> hey, hey, Mr. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> he kept saying it. Do you ever feel like it'd be fun to just put yourself on a dating app just so you could like social experiment with things like that? Just, hi, Mr. And see how people react. <laughs> <laughs> and then take screenshots and post it on social media <laughs> i mean not before now well i did as soon as i thought i'm like oh man i wonder how bad that would go down in real life <laughs> oh let's see um oh and then we meet henry too almost forgot yeah. about henry henry is adorable he I is so adorable he can pull off a skirt wow yes he can he does the twirl he knows how to twirl it just right I did kind of feel like his reasoning, his initial reasoning for wearing skirts and dresses was a little, a little heartbreaking, you know, just the bullying aspect of it. But the fact that he had, even at whatever age that was, enough confidence to just be like, you know what, fuck it. If they're going to stare, give them something to stare at. Are you kidding? When he said that, I was like, oh, you are a better person than I am because there's two responses. There's Brian's response to hide, to try and blend in. And there's Henry's response. He's like, fuck it. You're already staring at me. You might as well make the most of it. I wanted to be like Henry so much, but I was like, Ryan, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't get there. Mm -hmm. It makes you, yeah, it really kind of makes you appreciate, yeah, the confidence in Henry. Mm -hmm. And someone like that being even even if they just stay friends just being good for ryan yeah um, i'm glad ryan can see that kind of other that other end and being like and maybe pull from that <laughs> henry's I'm, such an inspiration to ryan <laughs> oh, oh. i'm sure had there been more seasons that we might have seen some development in their relationship towards the romantic side of things but I am really glad that at this point in Ryan's life, he made the emotionally mature decision to cement his friendship because he clearly wasn't ready for the relationship uh, issues that he experienced. And he needed to take some me time and figure his shit out. And he finally had the, the confidence to do that and he did that in a way that didn't um, hurt his relationship with Henry. Mm -hmm. And Henry just kind of being maybe, I don't know, like a bit more mature in, in a way, because like, you know, we see at the prom, um, Ryan shows up, you know, brings Tanner to the prom and everything and goes and Ryan goes and talks to Henry, just to be like, I hope this isn't weird, yada, yada. And Henry's like, it was one date and it was fun, but relax. <laughs> it's all yeah. good. 
So I, oh God, I loved Henry. I loved him so much. Mm, me too. And I'm very sad that we're not getting any more seasons. Me. Um, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> maybe, maybe special can find a new home, like HBO or something. I, I, I don't know. know. I, so. I know there's around. been gay, gay centric TV shows before, like Queer as Folk, mm-hmm. you know, or or even like shows like Six Feet Under having a gay character and making that a prominent part of storyline. Like, but to have the disability side of it also be involved to that extent, it was it was groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, there was another show on ABC called Speechless that was kind of the same thing. And that didn't last long either. And I'm just like, God damn it. How do we make this stick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, more of it. Like we were kind of talking about when we did uh, Crip Camp. Right. Because I mean, as a disabled person, I enjoy the show. I bet um, that, you know, gay men would probably find a lot of things to enjoy in this show as well. But then you have you where you don't identify with either of those groups and you still enjoy it. Like this, the show ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Checks all the boxes. Now, did you think, because knowing that, I think Ryan knew that this was going to be the last season, uh, maybe prior to filming. I can't remember kind of the timeline of everything, but do you think that this season felt rushed or anything to try and give everyone, um, like a nice kind of happy ending and with the growth and everything, or do you felt, or did you feel like maybe it, it worked? The pacing of everything worked for. I think overall it worked. Like I said, it would have been cool to delve more into the weirder aspects of disabled life and disabled dating, and you know, like the able-bodied person wanting to be a disabled person. I've I've read a news story about a woman who wanted to be disabled and and all that but again it's just one of those things where you're like is this real like mm-hmm. I really would have liked to see more of that um mm-hmm. you know maybe Ryan going back to the gym and and talking to people or talking to people through his writing about you know like I understand your intentions here but stay, saying I'm inspiring for being here is not helpful mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you know, and I don't think it got to touch on, on that side of things too, in terms of his writing, like it was brought up and it was given a a resolution of sorts with him writing for Kim, but the only time it was okay to write about his disability was when he was lying about it or when it was funny. Mm -hmm. If he was being really brutally honest about life as a disabled person and his growth as a disabled person, it wasn't worth printing on the blog, mm-hmm. you know? And that was that was a crushing moment for me. But at the same time, I'm like, I wanna know what he wrote. I really wanna know what he wrote. And we don't get to see that. It'd be nice if there was like a tie-in, you know, something like a fake egg woke, website or something you could kind of see some of these things the, the listicles and everything yeah and ryan's articles i think would definitely would have been a nice nice add-in nice bonus yeah um, 
yeah, I really would have liked to see, have seen this show go, God, at least two more seasons. Well, four. Yeah, that, that probably would have been good. I think that would have been kind of depending on maybe what Ryan had in mind for the characters. That could have been a, a near perfect run. Right. Now, given that it's ending now, I think they did a good job of wrapping things up mm-hmm. without trying to overdo it to compensate yeah. for their the loss of potential seasons so I'll give them that but I'm super disappointed super disappointed do better Netflix right how long are we gonna have to wait for the next disabled show to make it high enough to to get on a popular streaming app or yeah channel or whatever like how much longer let's hope there's something like in the works fucking somewhere and we get something kind of similar you know or just you know with a disability lead yeah. uh disabled person lead um yeah it's yeah I'm very upset with Netflix over this right. it doesn't necessarily have to be about disability but if it prominently includes someone with a disability that isn't just like a side character or you know background or anything like the main lead you know? that would be brilliant I would love that too and, you know, we've, we've done a few shows that are disability focused now, and it is a very important aspect of my life, but there, there are other aspects to my life too. And we all like to see all of that catered to on TV or, or, you know, whatever media we consume. Um, it's just those other aspects of my life and your life and probably listeners' lives too are much more likely to appear on screen. Mm-hmm. So really, that's all I'm asking for. If it's just as likely for a disability to be on screen and not be inspiration porn, um, perfect. Then <laughs> we don't need to talk about it in that context anymore because yeah. it's normalized. Exactly. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on the show, the season? Uh, we kind of rushed through because you got things to do. And mm-hmm. I want to make sure you guys go and do your fun things but also wanted to get in this conversation because it was when I, I pulled up Netflix one day and I didn't know that season, like I knew that there was going to be a second season. I just didn't know when. So right away it was like new episodes watch now. And the trailer started and I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) And that's when I like texted you. I was like, Oh my God. So, and so it was a very nice surprise. I love love this show i hope we get i hope at least at the very least ryan o'connell is in a writer's room somewhere if he's not creating something i hope he is a big contributor somewhere to some cool exciting project yeah he definitely deserves it yeah i said i really appreciated everyone's growth this um season see Ryan start to develop independence and the motivation to maintain that independence was brilliant because, um, you know, it's very easy when, when one is coddled to just stay in that comfort zone. And not every disabled person has the ability to extend themselves as far outside of that comfort zone that Ryan has. So, the fact that he started not taking that for granted and um, you know, very much came to accept his disability and the limitations that that has, but also accept that 
he doesn't need to be as limited as he's made himself um, was really cool to see. I think it struck that balance really well. Like it didn't, it didn't do disservice to the to his disability. It didn't make it seem like he fixed it or it magically got better or just wasn't as big of a, an issue anymore. It, Cause that's not the case. It, it's always that big of an issue. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, he was able to learn and adapt where his, his disability allowed him to. And it was great. Um, with Kim, you know, it was good to see her open up more mm-hmm. and as sad as I was, for her not ending up with Harrison because they were adorable together. Um, the whole Robbie thing, it was just perfect. It was like, okay, okay, she was she was right not to end up with Harrison. Yeah. Like this guy knows her, loves her, understands her through and through, good and bad, does not judge her at all. Um, they were just so perfect. <laughs> they were perfect. And um just real quick about Kim's brother Dev and him saying like the weird shit to her like hey, some mom, orange cock. yeah and like mom's hot and Ryan at one point's like is your brother trying to fuck your mom and she's like Kim's like we don't talk about that well, what uh, <laughs> yeah this show did a really good job of sprinkling in all the weirdnesses that happened in life yeah and I, I there's a lot of like really funny laugh out loud moments some uncomfortable moments hard to watch moments it's got it the the show has it all there were some moments too that I really appreciated in terms of showing it that disabled people are not just innocent nice people because of their disability Ryan was a full-on asshole in that final fight him and Tanner had Mm -hmm. and I don't think we've touched on on that yet but (laughs) when he told him I don't want to teach you about my disability. I don't want to have to teach you. I was like, that is the most ass backward (laughs) view you can have. Because again, this is someone you love that is essentially your partner and you don't want to arm them with the knowledge and, and the ability to actually live up to the full potential of that role. You don't want to give them the opportunity to do that. Like, how do you expect him to treat you the right way and treat your friends the right way when he has no exposure to it previously and you won't help him? Mm-hmm. I get Ryan not wanting to teach all the time. It gets old. But at the same time, I appreciate when people are genuinely interested in learning about disability because there is no better way to break down those barriers to normalize things than than to have those conversations and educate each other mm-hmm. and we all have opportunities where we can educate each other and ryan's just so selfish do you think it's because he still struggles with um like with his internalized ableism do you think that might have been uh, a factor in that? Maybe. Because he's not, you know, he has the line in the season where he thought he was done dealing with his CP, but it continues to troll him. To me, that kind of says that, yeah, he's he's not fully, I guess, quote, dealing with the CP part of his life and his being. And maybe that's why he's not able 
or comfortable or willing or whatever it might be to have those conversations with Tanner? Maybe, but I also think he should have realized if that's the way he felt, he doesn't love this guy. There's no way. I would Uh, agree. I, I think that if he did truly, truly was in love with Tanner, then there he would have been willing to do a little bit like he doesn't have to do the whole yeah education thing but share his you know because tanner was genuinely curious and interested mm-hmm. um, in a good way not in a, a way fetish way yeah and even like kind of on their first their first day together um tanner asked about like oh well what is there sir uh what is cp and ryan ryan was like well I wrote an article about it, so you should just read it. And Tanner was like, okay, we'll we'll do that. I'll do that. And I kind of was like, with that, with that reaction from Ryan, one, it's like kind of like the first, the first date or whatever, you know, the first day that they're spending together. So I didn't really think too much of it other than like I I felt like that was a good kind of answer. Maybe he wasn't ready, so new in a in a relationship, if you want to call it that. Um to, to dive into that because it's still pretty new for him I think yeah but at um, this stage uh no you just you just no I really did not like Ryan in in that moment I'm not saying Tanner's perfect either right because he's not no but Ryan was mean really mean mm-hmm. really selfish mm-hmm. so yeah we're human and we do have our horrible moments, disability or not. So it was good to see that side of it portrayed, even though I hated it so much mm-hmm. like, from an emotional perspective. <laughs> but that's what, another trope in TV that I think it's done a really good job of, you know, crushing. We're not just the nice moments. We're not just the joyful moments where there are the shitty moments too, the burden moments, the asshole moments, whatever. Like, just like any other person. Exactly. And what, you know, you, you kind of brought up another point. I loved how some people pronounced it cerebral palsy and some people cerebral palsy um, in the show because that happens, that happens um, in the real world and for a long time as a kid, I wasn't sure which was the right way because reading it is cerebral. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you look at the area of the brain that's typically affected, you know, cerebral is right. But I've heard so many people say cerebral growing up where I'm just like, cerebral. <laughs> am I saying this wrong? Yes. <laughs> cerebral palsy is my, is my uh, drag name. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And my Twitter handle. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Um, but you know, cerebral palsy is the right way, but, but so many people say cerebral palsy that it's just accepted. Yeah. Like, so I like that it was interchanged. Yeah. And I didn't even realize, like, I don't, I don't think I, I didn't pick up on it throughout the show. If it was, had been pronounced differently from different characters. I only noticed now when I flubbed up and I porky pigged my way to CP. (laughs) That's okay. Um, (laughs) But, but, you know, I was reminds me, well, I was just going to say, it kind of reminds me of, you know, like caramel, caramel, Caribbean, right. Caribbean, potato, 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 tomato, tomato. 
I always made a second guess myself growing up because I would pronounce it cerebral palsy because I'm like, I read it. That's the way it is. And people would be like, what? And then it'd be like cerebral palsy. Oh, and I'm just like, oh no. Uh, and I think I just kind of referred to it mostly as I think maybe CP. Well, just easy. like in our conversations and stuff. Yeah, I can't wait now that, you know, vaccination is a thing and you can go to places again. I kind of want to take a road trip to Cedar Point so I can get another I Heart CP piece of clothing <laughs> and wear it. Yes. <laughs> you should. I mean, it was a great source of self amusement as a teenager. I, I can imagine, especially for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about it. I mean, I know there's other characters that we didn't get to, like Tanya, but we don't need to because Oh, I didn't really like her. I didn't really care for her either, but I thought that her her character, her role was to kind of whether she knew it or not, help push Karen to, you know, towards her liberation. So, yeah, it was nice to see Karen cut loose and you know. Oh, and she, Carmel, yes. She did the whole um escaped prisoner type reaction where she's just like I'm gonna live it up mm -hmm. and I love that mm -hmm. um you know and she she took a few backward steps along the way but she ended up finally being her own person I thought that was great yeah yep I did too I was very happy for her in that sense yeah Phil um, got his comeuppance <laughs> what an awkward fucking dinner <laughs> Or just yeah. margaritas, I guess, at that point. Let's order a pitcher. I'm like, oh, are you an idiot, Phil? Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like you dug your own grave at that point. And I like how, um, you know, they kind of hook up again, but she didn't let it go to her head this time. And she's just like, I needed that in that moment. It's done now. Yep. She Those had really boundaries. You get a lot of healthy setting boundaries and having better relationships with people, Ryan included. Yeah. And it was nice. Yeah, they're so, finally all being their own people yeah so accept like self-acceptance setting boundaries you know healthy boundaries um all very as we're talking about it yeah all very prominent themes in this season and which is which is awesome mm -hmm. that's what makes it a great show you're enjoying you're being entertained but at the same time you're kind of learning a lot more about what's healthy and what's not and mm -hmm. it's not something you see portrayed in tv a lot mm -mm. and the jokes and the writing like what was it like ryan i think was talking to his mom he was asking if he had any other disabled friends growing up and she's like oh you know the kids at uh at therapy physical therapy and he <laughs> what was the line something like we are more like a gang or something or and our enemy was life <laughs> yes makes me laugh out loud every fucking time I hear it because the way he delivers it too and the look it was it was beautiful it was a great line and it was funny and he delivered it perfectly <laughs> yeah he said a lot of lines and had a lot of experiences where I was like oh my god that's me I would say that I would I have said that <laughs> yes there were there were a few lines where I was like oh that's so Laura <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how much of my personality is just my disability? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. It's awesome. <laughs> it's, you, your personality is uh, <laughs> CP and food. <laughs> but, yeah, and maybe a few other things sprinkled in there. You know, I love my sprinkles. You love your sprinkles. 
bitter yeah. or not. Yep. Full circle, bitches. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've done the Midwestern goodbye now for the last like 20 minutes. <laughs> like, well, we're yeah. going to wrap it up. Oh, we're going to go tangent on this character. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up. Oh, no. Still here. But. <laughs> I think we're done now, right? I think, did we get it all out? (laughs) I think so. All right. Well, Laura, as always, thank you for joining me today and uh, having this great conversation on uh, an amazing short-lived show. If folks, you haven't watched special, go do it. First season is, they're only like eight episodes, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Second season is eight episodes, about a half an hour. Yeah. So totally worth it. And great story, great writing, loved it, great representation. And I'm sad that we're not gonna get any more. And like I said, I hope it finds a new home somewhere or at least Ryan O'Connell continues to contribute to the entertainment business. Yeah, and I hope it paves the way for more disability representation, proper disability representation Mm -hmm. on TV and whatnot. Yep, absolutely. So. Well, Laura, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, you too. Thank you. You're welcome. And thanks for listening, everyone. And keep streaming. Bye. Bye.